everyone. Welcome back to TTT, the Talking Transport Transformation Podcast brought to you by TUMI, the Transformative Urban Mobility Initiative. The transport sector accounts for around one quarter of energy-related carbon emissions globally. With increasing motorization rates, these emissions are expected to double until 2050. Further, approximately 61% of global oil demand is used in the transport sector. This is one of many reasons why the transport sector's electrification has never been more prominent and relevant to the ongoing debate on the future of mobility. The technology is a key tool to decarbonize our cities. To discuss how e-mobility can contribute to a sustainable mobility sector, we are excited to have Erika Myers as our guest on today's episode. Erika is an electric vehicle expert at WRI Ross Center for Sustainable Cities. She leads the electric mobility team's research efforts and works with cities across the globe to identify opportunities to electrify transportation, including infrastructure deployment and vehicle-to-grid integration for public transit and other municipal fleets. My colleague Marvin talks to her about the role of e-mobility for a sustainable mobility transformation, electrification of bus fleets, and her mission to empower women to join this discussion and promoting EVs. So let's listen in. Hi, Erica. Great to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Marvin. I'm really enjoying being here and joining this uh, excellent group of people you have for this season. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you, um, especially as you are uh, an expert on e-mobility. And this is exactly the topic we are going to discuss today. Um, e-mobility and its contribution to sustainable mobility. And uh, I know you are very much engaged in this field because you work as Global Senior Manager for Electric Vehicles at WRI. So to start this conversation with, I'd like to know if you could tell us a little bit more about your work. Why is this an important topic for WRI? And also, what projects um, are you currently implementing in the field of e-mobility? Well, thanks again for giving me this opportunity to tell you a little bit more about what the World Resources Institute is doing in e-mobility. Uh, we've been working in this space for about five years, uh, along with all of the work that we're doing on urban and transportation planning, which our goal is to take individual cars off the road and improve the lives of people through sustainable transportation alternatives like transit buses. We see EVs as an opportunity to improve these alternatives even more by cleaning up the emissions from the tailpipe. You know, as well as many others who are listening, that transport accounts for about 24% of all of our greenhouse gas emissions in the world. And we think that there are huge opportunities for large-scale transportation electrification to reduce these emissions directly. We also see in parallel that the energy sector is integrating renewable energy generation at exponential rates. So EVs are one of the only fuel types that can actually improve their emissions over time. So we see that there's these co-benefits of not only helping to reduce the uh, GHG emissions, but also reducing local air pollution. Um, and then also seeing EVs as this mobile battery source that can potentially be leveraged to clean up the grid, provide more grid resiliency, and increasing the amount of renewable energy through the use of those batteries 
in a thoughtful and um, meaningful way. So that's why WRI is so invested in this work, uh, just because of all the potential benefits. And we are focusing as an e-mobility team in four key areas. The first is vehicle grid integration, which we may talk about that in a little bit in the later portion of our call. Uh, transportation decarbonization pathways and vehicle standards. We focus on fleet electrification, specifically around transit buses and recently school buses. And also we are defining something called ETDM uh, or electric transportation demand management that helps align our goals around avoiding shifting and improving mobility. Great, thank you. You've covered a lot of a lot of interesting points, and also, I see uh, a lot of potential in all these um, areas of e-mobility. So, allow me a short uh, follow-up question, maybe. So, what's uh, really your personal motivation to work in this field, and uh, what are also the most important steps on your way uh, to your current position? I think a lot of people start with the why they do something. For me, my why is I want to help reduce the impacts of climate change, not only for my daughter, but all future generations. And I would be happy literally working in any space that helps to achieve that goal. I fell into energy and alternative fuels almost by accident when I was in grad school. I loved the pace of innovation of those fields, the disruptive forces of those technologies on fossil fuels. And five years ago, I decided to focus all of my attention on electric vehicles because I saw this amazing window of opportunity to really have a chance of decarbonizing our transportation system. I had worked with all the different alternative fuel types in my prior roles. And I saw electrification as the most obvious choice of all of the different options. And at that time, I was working with electric utilities and saw they didn't really know where to start. They didn't have a plan of action. They weren't familiar with the technology. They weren't being proactive with their consumers. And so over the course of the last three years, I've authored eight major papers for this industry to help them proactively and prepare for electric vehicle rollouts. And that was in and of itself very rewarding, but I saw there are so many other countries and governments that could stand to benefit from that information also. So when the opportunity came up at WRI, I knew that it was my calling to come help out and support all of our global e-mobility work. So it's been an amazing experience so far. I've only been on board for six months, but I'm really excited about the future of e-mobility in the next decade because I think it's going to transform everything. I agree. I agree. And I also share your motivation in this, in this field. So um, maybe coming also to something which recently happened to you is that um, you have been announced uh, one of the top women in electric vehicles in 2021 by the EV Summit. So congratulations on this one, uh, first of all. And um, yeah, besides your work on e-mobility at WRI, 
You have also uh, dedicated yourself to empowering women in, in the e-mobility discussion a lot. And uh, so I'd like to really know and understand to what extent will this discussion about e-mobility um, be improved um, if more women could be uh, involved and also in your opinion, what steps are needed uh, to achieve this? I can't say I have all the answers for how we can get women involved in e-mobility, but I feel an important first step is to make people aware that there's an issue. Only 25% of our automotive workforce is comprised of women and almost no executive leadership positions are held by women in the major automotive industry sectors. So automotive is very male-dominated to begin with, but we think there is an opportunity to change that with the advent of electric vehicles. We know there are a lot of startup companies that are challenging the incumbents, and if women were more visible as part of this disruptive force, it could have ripple-down impacts across the sector. The reason I'm very personally motivated about empowering women is a lot of issues related to pay gaps, um, discrimination, and, uh, you know, there's forecasts it'll take 200 years for equity within the workforce. I think that could be accelerated significantly if women were to get involved in the very initial stages of disruptive technologies like e-mobility and other clean energy sectors. So I think that making this technology seem less daunting, more accessible, more inviting will help encourage more women to consider shifting their career uh, into this field. We need all of the smart people we can possibly get to make this actually take off. And so we're, you know, we're competing with other tech industries, right? <laughs> But instead of making an app that people can buy for a dollar, you can save the world if you join the EV industry. I mean, these are the kinds of messages that I want to relay, especially to young women early in their career, that there is a huge opportunity to be successful, but also make a huge impact in the world. And so my website, I, I created a website during the pandemic called EV Love, which is electricvehiclelove.com. And I write lots of blog posts about my own experience, how to get into the industry, career tips, how to network, who to talk to, where to find research to you know, get yourself up to speed on the, the technology. And um, yeah, it's, it's something that I feel really strongly about. It's been overwhelmingly positive so far. And a lot of women have reached out to me to tell me that the work that I'm doing has been inspiring for them. They, they're more interested now in joining the field than they were before. They found out about the work that I've been doing. Um, and I do make a very big point of if women reach out to me for help, I make time to talk to them. I know I can't be a mentor to everyone. It's, it's just not physically possible. But to the extent that I can share what I've learned, 
I do it. And similarly, when it comes to career opportunities, if I get invited to speak at an event and I can't do it, I pass that invitation along to other women who I know are looking for those sorts of opportunities. So um, I'm very actively involved in a group called Women of Electric Vehicles, which is an international group. Um, it's free to join. It's a great peer-to-peer networking uh, organization. And I highly recommend people check it out, womenofevs.com. Great, perfect. We also make sure to put this down in the show notes, of course, of this podcast. Um, maybe uh, coming to another question uh, when talking about e-mobility, uh, because, of course, we all know there are a lot of transport modes uh, available out there. Um, from your opinion, which vehicle segment would you say has the most and biggest positive impact when, when electrified? So I think the biggest issue with e-mobility right now is that the technology seems costly and too different. It's, it's very risky for people to make that investment in an electric vehicle because it's so different in terms of the fueling requirements. So for me, the biggest thing we could do is electrifying public transit and school buses to give a lot of people more exposure to the technology than would have probably ever been in an EV otherwise. And the great thing is that the economics for both those pencil out today with nominal subsidies. So I think that if we focused on buses first, uh, we will expose millions more people to e-mobility. They'll see the benefits of it as a quieter ride. There's not the diesel fumes in the cabin that they're used to, so it smells better. It's just more enjoyable. Um, people who are in these communities, for example, who have school buses, they that may be the very first electric vehicle that's ever been in their community. Uh, and so because school buses here in the U.S. at least are so visible, it's um, a chance for people to um, really make that connection between this is, you know, this is the future, especially for the next generation of drivers. I see. Yeah. And talking about buses, um, this would bring me to my next question. Um, because you're, you're um, also working closely with uh, GIZ in two major projects, Uh, related to e-buses or e-mobility in general and, and of course decarbonizing the transport sector. The first one being the Tumi e-bus mission and the second one um, is the NDC Transport Initiative for Asia. And um, maybe here you could please tell our listeners um, what is the main goal of, of both projects and uh, how are you support uh, in achieving this? Yeah, we are so excited about both of these major initiatives um, working with GIZ. So our main goal for the TUMI eBus mission is that in the next five years, uh, all of our partners that are involved in this project will inspire and support 500 cities to cumulatively replace at least 100,000 buses with electric. So in order to achieve this large-scale change, We are incorporating both deep transition support for a select group of cities, in this case, 20 cities across the world, and peer-to-peer -peer mentorship between cities. Um, and then we hope that with this mentorship program, that those cities will then 
help inform and inspire those other cities to take action. So we're really excited about this it's an ambitious five-year project, uh, and we're working with a lot of partners. So there's a lot of cooperation involved, but it, it's going to be fantastic. Um, the next project on the NDC Transport Initiative for Asia, we're working together with GIZ as well as a handful of other organizations specifically focusing on technical and policy support to some of the largest emitters in the region, uh, including China, India, and Vietnam, and helping them create comprehensive transport decarbonization strategies. These could include regulations, technical standards for EVs, and other low-carbon transport technologies, um, which we hope will help improve the fuel economy as well as GHG regulations. We hope to also share the lessons we're learning in these countries within the region itself and try to maximize our impact as much as possible through those highly visible programs. Great, thank you. Um, uh, and I agree, this, these both initiatives, uh, they probably will, will change a lot of the um, developing and emerging economies and push them towards a sustainable um, electric um, uh, transport sector. I hope at least that's at least our ambition. ambition. Um, and maybe um, also touching upon um, a new topic, which might uh, get even more visibility in the future. Um, you have mentioned in the beginning that um, you also have a lot of experience in the energy sector. So for my last question um, for this uh, meeting today would be, how far away are we um, until V2G, so vehicle-to-grid applications will really reach a, a, a breaking point and reach consumer markets and play a more prominent role than, than today? What do, you, what do you answer to that? So, yes, I'm very excited about vehicle grid integration and specifically vehicle to grid, which for those who may not be familiar, is the opportunity to export power from the batteries into the grid to provide a litany of different services for grid operators. We see V2G as a huge opportunity for different organizations, especially fleets, to earn additional revenue by providing services similar to what the stationary battery storage industry is doing. We think that these additional revenues will help to accelerate the return on investment for electric vehicle purchases, which will in turn speed up the rate of uh, EV transition. And so if we can unlock these markets through things like regulations or policies, we can potentially speed up the rate of adoption exponentially from forecasted transition forecast. Um, let me say that again. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so if we can unlock regulatory and policy barriers that exist today, we could potentially exponentially increase the rate of EV transition. And a lot of the work that we're doing here at WRI around our new electric school bus initiative sees us uh, helping, at least in the U.S. market, to identify what are these requirements that utilities need, what 
can utilities provide in terms of payment to, in this case, school districts to help them not only pay for that cost of the bus, but also make revenue for the schools. We know a lot of schools are struggling right now, even to pay their teachers. So how can that additional revenue support our educational aspirations in addition to our transportation decarbonization ambition? So uh, I think that it's a win-win for everyone. And I think that it's something that will happen really quickly. Um, So that's our aspiration. Um, It's infinitely more difficult when you come down to specific geographic limitations and maybe there's utilities that don't really need that additional grid capacity. So you got to start in certain places where there are opportunities and then help spread the good word to other communities around the country and the world um, as these um, services might get cheaper and more ubiquitous and you can aggregate the vehicles together in an effective way. So, you know, this you got to start somewhere, though. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for this uh, very positive outlook, Erika. And um, thank you very much for um, for your time. It's been really great and fun talking to you. And I think, I believe that there's a lot of work ahead of us uh, to decarbonize uh, this sector on a global level. Um, but I, I look very much forward to to continue the cooperation of our teams at WI and GIZ and Tumi, of course. So thanks a lot for your time and to join us and share your vision and also your your experiences with our listeners. And I hope to have you back on the podcast uh, anytime soon. Well, thank you again for inviting me, Marvin. It was delightful to talk to you. EVs are by far my favorite topic. I could definitely spend all day talking about them, so I'd be happy to come back anytime. And for those of you who might want to take a closer look at WRI's e-mobility work, I'd encourage you to check out our website, wri.org forward slash e-mobility. Perfect. Thank you very much, Erica. Thank you. Thank you, Erica and Marvin, for giving us an inside look at this important topic and for discussing various examples of the transport sector's electrification. We now have a better understanding of current opportunities and challenges in the promotion and implementation of e-mobility projects globally. It seems that if implemented well, electric mobility can support an accessible, efficient, safe and green mobility for all. We look forward to taking this further in the most sustainable way. We hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Feel free to check out additional resources on the topic in our show notes. As always, thanks for tuning in and hear you next time.